You're listening to the Avoid the Trap Podcast, a show dedicated to helping bettors exploit the betting markets using unconventional strategies and tactics. Turn up the volume and listen closely. The show starts now. Welcome back, guys, to 2024. We're in the year 2024, guys. Uh, Episode 23 of Avoid the Trap Podcast. I'm your host, Micah Smith. I got David Miller and Antonino DeRosa on with me to talk about sports betting and what all goes into it in an in-depth process. How you doing, guys? Doing good, right? How's the new year? Y'all celebrate hard? Yeah, I did. I sent you videos. Sent you guys videos. Yep. I got COVID on that last day's trip, and mm. I celebrated by staying home all through the holidays. Mm. <laughs> you still don't sound too good. It's been a while. Uh, it's been almost a month. Yeah, it took a while, but they claim that sometimes, like, you're lingering cough for a while and whatever else. But, you know, whatever. Time, time will heal. Time will heal. Every time I get sick, people go, oh, you're getting it out of the way. So I'll say that to you. Well, you're getting it out of the way, Ant, so you don't get sick in the spring and the summer. Uh, yeah, I guess that's a good thing. I got last last year around this time. I got sick. I sick as well. Maybe it's just that's this time of year with like all kinds of shit just going around. Right. Well, let's get the cat out of the bag, guys. Let's talk about the DraftKings sports betting fifty thousand dollar buy-in contest. David wants to gloat bad because he had a big come. We had well, the group had a big comeback. Not David, the whole group and collected. David's mastermind thinking. So let's it's talk easy. about it. It's easy to have a big comeback when uh, you have so many entries. <laughs> I don't like level playing fields. I, I have to get the edge. Come on, man. And yeah, we uh, ran good. We, I mean, your guy, I'll be honest, your guy, I mean, he dodged every bullet and just, and then the other thing about it is, when you're in the top, like when you're one or two, I mean, your picks are somewhat face up. That's the problem. Obviously, we were in first place by one point. And, uh, you know, it was pretty obvious what we needed to do. Mostly because you can't get too fucking cute because yeah. second place is still a decent score. So could we have picked a different game other than the Chargers or maybe other than the Bills? Probably. But, yeah, like, we also had to think, like, how you and the guy who was in second place would do what they would. I don't know why that guy picked the Dolphins, but that's beside my understanding. But, yeah, it was tough. So we just said, okay, let's just pick what we think the best five games are, and hopefully we do it. The, your entry that was one point behind is the one that caught us, right? Correct. Yeah, I think you picked the Dolphins because I think it was a pretty good pick because – he was worried about the people behind flipping every game. So he's like, all right, I don't want my picks like 100% face up to them. So I'll just pick like the seventh best one. I don't think it was that bad. There's a lot of, yeah, there's needed a lot of luck. But to give everybody uh, the results, Papa Ann and his partner, they got tied for first with uh, you guys as a group. You have to and see Papa. Yeah, oh, sorry. Papa. I like saying Papa Ant. And uh, instead of us winning 500 and you guys winning 300, we got 400 each. So everyone's happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. (laughs) But yeah, it was, I don't know, it was such a big frustrating sweat that last day. But, you know, 
it is what it is. If you would have told me at the beginning of the thing that we would have got first and second tied, like everybody would have been happy, right? Uh, no. Maybe not Dave. He wanted first and second with his two entries. No. Oh, you're saying at the beginning of the year you would have been happy? Yeah. yeah. The beginning yeah. of the week. You no, no, no. No, at the beginning of the year. But then yeah. when you're first the whole year, two weeks to go, we had two-point lead, and then one week to go, only one-point lead. You know, it's a little disappointing. But, you know, it's the first time we played this contest, so we'll uh, see if we'll play again next year. No, but obviously, obviously your friend really knew what he was doing. We knew that. We were like, damn, this is, this is brutal. So I'll, t- I'll tell the viewers, we pretty much had to hit, like, well, we had to hit two out of three plays that were, like, 43%. We had to hit, like, two of those out of the three. Could hit all three, which is hard, and that would have won solo. And then we had to, like, at worst-case scenario, split on the other two picks, which were whatever two he put. But he was already in the hole one pick because the Thursday game, he was already 0-1. So that's why we had to get even more reckless. He yeah, was like, like your guys' entry that was closest to us took the Jets. Right. And you were down an extra point. I just don't understand how you guys went upset, though, with the Broncos. Because that one seemed to have more value than some of the other ones. Well, we were desperate. Be- no, because we had to 100% put three that you had. Got we had to 100%. Exactly. You guys so- did it. In that entry, you guys didn't have the Patriots. Yeah, because in the whole season, studying your plays, you stayed away from those double-digit ones more than the other ones. Got it. There was something but- about your and then Randy has a term for it. There's declining. He has a term where, and your guy obviously feels the same because the week before the Giants were and Eagles was 12 and a half and it was like 14 or 11 and a half and your guy didn't put it. And then he didn't put another one. So I said, we can't risk putting that one and they don't put, we have to put three that he 100% has, even if we're taking like 38% play. <laughs> like he goes, yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's is, uh, I like how you guys studied our place. We never studied yours. We need the money more than you, man. But now, like, whatever. I'm happy that we all did decent, and uh, we got a lot of entertainment for the last whatever 16 weeks talking about there's it. A, here. There's a lot of entertainment in those things, man. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I would enjoy playing a big field one, to be honest, but this one I, I enjoyed. Do you guys do the Westgate Cold? No, we the only contest I played this year was that in the Survivor Circa. So that's entertainment. But that's like getting eliminated from the World Series of Poker or something. You're, you're devastated the day you go down. I mean, I yeah. was pretty blown. I'm like, damn, we're out of it. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, four people, I think, went undefeated, and uh, they split the $9 million prize, which is pretty impressive. Well, Crackman and Fezzik were in on one of them. Oh, were they? Yeah, Randy Rick knows all of this, and he said that, so I'll take his word for it. Speaking of Papa Ant, you like to go about Papa Ant? I just got a message while we were on the uh, podcast. Papa Ant needs metallics for the tennis guy. The Australian Open is next week. So, Papa Ant, why is that important? Just metallics are good for tennis if they don't have a freeze. So uh, next week is probably, you know, the major tennis events for some of our biggest sport betting events we do all year. And 
it's nice to have more accounts because we really want to bet a lot of money in uh, all those matches. Nice. Tennis already started this year and it's going pretty well. We had some number of plays already and it's going well. So yeah, metallics are good for tennis. It's weird. Different skins are good for different sports, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all about trying to organize with the people who bring us accounts like Micah and tell them, hey, uh, this event is about to come. Please bring us more accounts of that. Yeah. Well, good deal. Good deal. Uh, Let's talk about uh, the NFL playoffs. I know Davis made a couple bets. I don't think he would mind if I give out a couple of them. I don't care. Yeah, you took Steelers with 10, and I think Lions with three. Is that right? I literally – okay, it literally went like this. Beck, Chris, Lions minus three, minus 110. Okay, let me go max. And then I didn't even see another price. I just – the reason was all day me and Randy were talking about it, and he was like – well, not all day. I mean, after the games, he was like, yeah, I think we have to take the Rams. It'll come out like four and a half or five. He goes, we definitely have to take it at six. I go, I don't think it'll be six. I'll bet. And then we had, we were going to do a side bet on, is it going to be more or less than five at close? So then we just never like worked the terms out. And then we both went, okay, it'll be four and a half or five. So when I saw three, I was like, all right, we've really talked about that game. I got to lay three. And then the Steelers, I literally hit the button. And then it said circa ten and a half a minute later. And I thought, man, I suck. (laughs) I took 10 minus 05. It's like, boom. So this is a good time to tell people what we bet. Sure. Go ahead. What did you bet? All right. So so hold on. So you bet Steelers and you bet Lions? Yeah. All right, we're two for two against each other. We took Bills minus nine and a half, and we took Rams plus three and a half, 15. Uh, what? <laughs> Is there a coaching angle there? I the quarterback's going against the old coaches, et cetera. So is there anything to do with that when you took those plays or just market? No, just, those Rams have been really good for the last X amount of weeks or whatever. And I don't think, like, our model is that they would show. Airs about the coach. But yeah, we took the Rams. And then another side that we like is Dolphins plus four and a half. Yeah, that was, seems yeah. And then there's one more the price is still via, like available. Steelers they're over 35 and a half. We like that. Game over. I mean, your Rams plays total spew. Sorry, man. And but I mean your guy was right all year, but I guess <laughs> this is time for him to be wrong after the contest. So at least the contest is over. You got your payday because that would give you a loss. <laughs> but yeah, those are the plays we bet. And uh, I feel better about my Rams play than my Bills play, to be honest. But what? <laughs> How did you get first in an NFL club? <laughs> no, we have to have head to head. Head to heads are fun, right? They add excitement. I don't know, man. I'm my basketball better, but sometimes we dabble in NFL, and that's what we like. No, me too, but yeah, I'm just, I agree. But I don't know how you guys came up with the Rams. I don't know. Maybe it's a proprietary thing or whatever. I, I don't know. The Rams are really good, man, no? They're not. What's, Mike, they're going to get blown out, and that'll be like a quick, oh, well, great year, goodbye. What about you, Michael? What do you think? I don't know. I don't, I don't have no opinion on that game. It's just uh, I look at the coaching angle, like the quarterbacks are both want to win against their old teams. I don't know. I get more into the, the situation. Like Randy, I'm more like Randy uh, as far as situation goes. I'm not a numbers guy by no means, but I, I don't know what the true line should be, so I, I'm not sure. I'll probably just watch. 
Well, Micah went out of his way, or not Micah, Ant went out of his way to call you and Randy lucky on Twitter. Now I'm going to tell him Ant has the Rams and see what he does. <laughs> nah, I was, I was kidding, obviously. He won't believe it. He won't believe me. He'll think I'm joking. I'll go, no, I'm not joking. He has that. <laughs> I have Rams. And then another bet that I made that is not there anymore, over Dolphins, 43 and a half. But now it's all 44s. Yeah, the Dolphins really ended the year on, on a looking like they're they've really declined. So that just feels right. I don't know. I don't know what Randy thinks of that game. I want to play that one too. The Dolphins. It looks like it's almost five, right? Yeah, some places four and a half. I juice. I mean, like you guys have all these models. I don't really do that, <laughs> obviously. But that's a good spot. I mean, that seems like a good spot. Chiefs probably win that one by three or four. But yeah, that's what we bet, and we have a little sweat on Saturday and Sunday, and life will be good. Do yeah. You, uh, do you watch NFL football? Like, do you guys yeah. sit around and watch the whole game? I think that's the only football I watch, like from beginning to end. We put on the red zone, and then on on the playoff games. I mean, we don't we have every game up the whole time because that's cool. actually the playoff games, right? I mean, I like the regular season, but the playoffs are exciting to me, right? Yeah. Micah, do you watch it? Uh, I got kids running around everywhere. I have it on, but not really play-by-play type deal. Yeah, my, my whole focus is let's feed you guys. Feed you accounts. That's my focus. <laughs> feed you accounts will make money, right? Ain't that right? You're the guy I know that gets excited about tennis. Shoot. Yeah, that tennis, man. Ooh, that's good stuff. Especially the live. That's very un-American, Ant. The live <laughs> tennis, some of these accounts are unbelievable. Dude, your accounts did really well this week, didn't they, Micah? <laughs> it did pretty good. <laughs> it did pretty good. Um, let me you, ask you okay, a question. Can I talk about this? Does Micah, because I really don't know. I never ask him about the money part and all that. I mean, that rarely. Do you have a better, like, handle on the people that you're using? Oh, uh, yes, yes oh, and no. Micah. Well, yes and no. Like, you know, when I started with them, Ant and them a couple years ago, I still have a core group from then that's they they get it. You know, once you they make money, they okay, here's another account, here's another account. Those people will always not stiff. Even if they get stiff, they're going to pay because they understand the business model. Now, I obviously they on a day-to-day basis, like we got stiff three times last week, but it I, I watched the numbers. Like the, the stiff was uh gross twelve hundred, one thousand, one twelve. I mean, small money after the guaranteed part that we pay. So you got to watch the balance on the people that come in the door that you didn't don't know personally. Like two years ago, I just let it run wild, right? And I just uh-huh. let the accounts go, and I was having huge stiffs, 40K, 30K, just big stiffs. But now I got it under uh, control now. If a new account signs up, I, I max win 1,000, 1,500 bucks, and that account we're stopping. If that makes okay. sense. Yeah, that's a, that's a control. That's having it more. Because, that's having, it could turn into a very good guy. You know, very <laughs> good. You know, you just got to take good chances. I mean, like, you just got to take gambles with people. Yeah, obviously, as as people keep paying you, you can raise their max win, yes. you know, more or whatever. But it's crazy to get stiff by more than the guys ever paid you. That's so right. you have to be very, very careful. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, we get stiffed all the time. It's part of the business. I think it took me a full year to get caught back up. Like this summer, I was finally in the green. Even all the accounts I give you guys, because all the stiffs. Yeah, that's nuts. 
And I feel bad because Mike is like, man, the only people are getting rich is you guys. I'm like, well, you got like you're the one that's talking to these people. You're the one that's managing these people. It's hard for us to say, you know, if we have to also manage your numbers, we'll never have time to put bets in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well said. Yeah, part. But it does seem like, and David can even attest to this, I feel like, it seems like even in the casino apps, the the legal market, it's just getting tough and tough. Like even the stuff I bet for Ann or David's doing in Colorado, it just seems it's getting harder and harder to keep accounts, to beard accounts. I heard Caesar's now cutting much faster. Is that true? David will know. Well, no, I heard someone told me, oh, they don't kick anyone out. And then... Someone else told me, oh, man, they kicked me out. And I, I don't know what to believe. You know, I don't know what to believe. I don't know yeah, if that I, guy in the line or I don't know. I read somewhere that they're changing their profiling a bit and they're kicking people out a bit faster than they normally would. Um, Are you serious? That's what you read? That's what I read on Twitter. I don't know if it's true. But, but you know, you guys know, are they banning people for, like, playing the market? Are they banning people that are just playing props and market but like what, what are the people doing i don't know about caesar's was all notoriously known for giving you a bigger rope like you know you could win a good chunk from them before they actually ban you but now that amount that you're they're willing to you know lose before limiting you is much lower i don't know if that's true or not but people on twitter were complaining about it i didn't know that is mike the mic a fall i'm right here Ah, cool. This is a good segue. I was contacted by Spanky for next year's Bat Bash. And next year's Bat Bash, they're going to run, like, imagine a classroom with 20, 30 people, and people are going to teach different things. And he asked me if I was interested in running a class on how to make your account look stupid. That's pretty fun. That's dope. Is it? Well, yeah, that's great. Dave, do you want to teach it with me? We do, like, we tag teach it? Sure, but I keep keep losing all mine in two seconds, so I'm not sure if I'm that great of a teacher. <laughs> but do you guys think that you can fill, like, 45 minutes or an hour worth of material on how to make an account look stupid? Well, yeah, because you could uh, spend the majority of it talking about parlays and then, and then how to just bet parlays that aren't as bad as, they, as they're perceived. I think you, you could do that. You know, like look for a, a bunch of half points and parlay them, or what else would you do? I mean, well, you could teach people what is break even in a, yeah. in a big market sport. Like, yeah. It right yeah, obviously, the first thing that people should do in one of these legal websites, if they have the casino, online casino, these sports books, you should probably play a little bit on that. You know, that will definitely make your account go a little bit longer. Things like that, but but at what point do you do that? And it's like, oh, I've done too much. And I never will get my EB back. You know, no, no. But I think if you play some roulette or something and just put in red and black, the thing is that when uh, when a trader looks at an account and tries to profile it, they don't know what casino game you played or what you were doing. They just see that you play the casino, and they're less likely to cut an account if they play the online casino than an account that we don't know that stuff though you know yeah i wouldn't have, i didn't know that like you you know yeah. that yeah so if you just show that you've played the casino for a little bit 
you know, you have whatever, minus 2,000 or plus 2,000, you're more likely to last a little longer, or at least when I'm doing some consulting work for a sports book or I'm looking to profile accounts. You know, when I'm working at Pinnacle, if I see that person is depositing in the casino, I'm less likely to think that they're smart, right. you know? So there's plenty of little things you could do, but I don't know. I'll decide this weekend if I want to do this class or not. What about blackjack? And let's say you're going a thousand a game. How much would you bet and how many hands in blackjack? I think, I mean, I haven't seen a system that shows you how much you actually, how many hands you actually played in the casino. Most systems, when you uh, go and see, it will show you like either a net loss at the casino or a net win at the casino, or it will show you your transactions that you deposited into the casino. Like that's what the systems will show you. So okay. as long as they see that you've had casino activity, I think that goes a long way. If I don't bet in market accounts, but if I would, or even the gray market accounts that we get from Micah, I would never play the casino because the money is not all mine, right? But if I would play the casino, you know, I probably play like, I don't know, 20, 30 hands of blackjack or, you know, whatever, some number of roulette spins, you know, play something that you're just going to lose a little bit. I think you need to put a number on how much your, your expected loss is too as you're doing it, because I think you could get carried away and all of a sudden your expected loss is way too much. So you need to go, okay, this is each hand of this is I'm losing $5. If I play 20 of them, is it worth the image to lose $100 and then really think on that hard? Yeah. And my guess is, yes, it is worth it. Yeah. And then yeah. it comes down to finding things that are close to 100%. Or, I mean, if you could somehow look bad with break even or expected value positive, I mean, this would be the ultimate, but seems kind like of hard. Like another thing that people can do to make their account look stupid and nobody does it is you can use the buy sells. If you think you have a positive expected ROI play, if you always use the buy sells, either buying and selling points, the traders themselves will think less likely of you because most sharp bettors don't actually use the buy sell because usually they have extra juice. So me, if I'm trading a football game or a basketball game, if people are using the buy sells, I think less of them. Yeah. And, you know, that is something that people can do to make their account look dumber. Because you can only spend so much time on each account. So if you just see one thing like that, you're less likely to just, like the flags don't go up is basically what you're saying. You wouldn't look deeper into it. Like if somebody bets one of my games and they're using the buy sell, I'm less likely to look into that yeah. account. Okay. Another thing is if you think you have a, a good play and don't take best price in the market, take a few cents for somewhere else, especially if your price is worse than Pinnacle. Because what most traders do, or at least I'm assuming, because I've never worked at FanDuel or DraftKings, but if I get a max wager in an NFL game, the first thing I'm going to do is go look at what Pinnacle Circa Beckris has. So... If you're taking two, three cents worse, the trader is not going to really look into you because he's going to say, oh, that person could have better price at these places. And he didn't. Obviously, this will eat in your win rate. I get it. But your account will last longer and you should be able to win more money over a long haul because your account did last longer. 
But what if you're making like smaller bets where they're just not paying attention to in that moment, you're taking worse than pinnacle. I would think the buying it half points would be a, a stronger strategy yeah. than that. Yeah. They're both, both solid. I also think that smaller bets do people do look at it less. And also I think small deposits are important too, because if you send in whatever, if you deposit 50 K Obviously, your account is going to start with somebody looking into it way more than if you deposit five thousand. So that's, that's also right. that's also kind of important. Okay. So what about what about this one? Because I always thought of this one. What if you are winning but you still keep doing deposits? Do they ever just look at? Oh, this guy just made a deposit yesterday, or that that won't trick them. I don't think that triggers them very much, but. Okay. Withdrawals definitely trigger them. I would never withdraw from an account that I've been winning in unless I desperately need the money. Because usually before a withdrawal gets accepted, somebody is looking into the account and making sure there was no funny business. So, so you're saying withdrawals. So you'd rather have a balance just get up and through the roof than yeah. to hit that withdrawal button in the long run. Because we, yeah. we always forth on that one see i think there's a lot you could say in your presentation <laughs> all right maybe i'll step in dave you can be my sidekick i'll stand there and i'll do the mic i'll ask the questions everybody's thinking because i'm sure everyone <laughs> do you let an account get up or do you do a bunch of six thousand dollar withdrawals eight thousand everyone does that or ninety ninety two hundred so you just do a bunch of them for like six to seventy four hundred or you know in that range yeah, like the only experience, I once again, I never bet at the legal American markets, but every time we've had a bet with C5 account or a bet online account or a Bavada account, every time we withdrew, that's when our account got limited. Okay. And obviously, if you're some sketchy website that your money could be stolen, you know, I'm not going to tell people to keep a big balance there. But if you're at these legal sports books, they can't scam you. The regulators are protecting you from being scammed unless you need the money. I don't think there's any reason for you to ever withdraw. I always kind of thought like if you did smaller deposits, this is what I always thought. And it could be wrong. It just there's somebody else in a different department that's like, okay, he wants 5,400, you know, but if you hit that. 27,000 withdrawal, then somebody else would take a deeper dive into the account. And then I was kind of weighing that towards just some outrageous balance amount. And then every time you're making these bets, they see that balance and they're going, oh, let's look into this. He somehow has 61,000, you know? So you're no. always kind of wondering what's worse, what's a worse. They don't really look at your balance or at least the traders don't. Okay. Makes but sense. The only time a trader will look at a balance is if you have a crazy better who you know will come in and rebet the same game over and over and over until their whole balance is in. So like a pinnacle, we would have guys like that, right? Like I knew that that guy would come in and we bet all of his money. doesn't matter how much I move the line. He's going to bet it all. Like you don't have many guys like this. You have a few. And if that happens, the first thing you do is look at his balance. You say, okay, he's got 200000 all right, I'm going to make my move knowing that he's about to bet 200000 on this game. So, and then once he's in on that play, you move the line right back or what? Like well, then most, most of the times you do that, 
but you're making your decision already knowing that all that money is going to come in. But this is funny. See, man, you got a lot to talk about. This is great. That was that was great. I learned. Well, I learned a lot today. Thanks, Ant. <laughs> no problem. Maybe I'll run the class. It sounds like you you could keep going for a long time. The more I hear about it, <laughs> I don't know. I like the idea of helping Spanky and uh, growing that batch, but I don't know. Like the idea of waking up early and probably dressed up in a way that I don't look like a bum, entertaining people for an hour, you know? Well, what does it make you wear? A suit? Oh, I don't know. But during the panels, he would ask people to dress nice, you know, like whatever, bundown shirt and some pants. I'm more of a flip flop cargo short type of guy. So, Me too. My look. So. You, you, I look even, man. Come on. <laughs> That's my look. Can't do that, bro. <laughs> but I don't know. Micah, you're not going to Bed Bash even though Dave's going this year? I mean, if David goes, I'll go. I just don't – it was too overwhelming, and I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, all credits to Spanky and what he does, but I just don't – I don't think so. If somebody looking for accounts, yeah, I would I would go. What do you mean it was overwhelming? And my, I could be wrong. In my opinion, I was one of the – five percent of of the everybody that attend that has these accounts right yes. and i was loaded with and i'm still getting like last week i still got a whatsapp from somebody at bet bash just begging for me to bet their place because they can't i guess they can't get down they need to help get down it was just too much i couldn't take it I, it was just too much it, it was just overwhelming man i couldn't deal with all the people begging me to think can you bet these bet this bet that you know everybody so there and 90 percent of the people there are what quote unquote originators right yeah mo most people there in t i mean i don't know how many of those people there actually win but right. most people there are actually winners and most people we all have the same problem is betting enough money to fulfill our appetite right so i just tell them you already give your accounts to the best so well yeah, yeah. i mean i went there for one certain purpose and it just it made it didn't work out this year, but that was in my, it was satisfied. But I don't yeah, know. Like, I, you, I don't know. I, I don't know. If David goes, I'll go. You should well, go. I, could, you, I couldn't go last year. I can go this year. Yeah, that's why. You better come, dude. The August again? It's August again. I'll, I'll go. I mean, if you guys that, go, I'll go. That Vegas, it's in Vegas, right? Yes, at Circa. Okay. I didn't want to sit there that last, I didn't go to the, the last day. I just didn't want to hear everybody talk about sports betting rules and stuff like that. Just, I don't get into it. I'm definitely skipping the thing where you meet 15 people in two hours or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm skipping that next year. I did not like that. But the rest of the stuff where you sit around, drink, and talk with people that like shit that you like, I think it's good. I'm it's like you're going to the bar for a couple of days. Why not? And I, and that's all I do during the summertime anyway. Well, there'll be lots of open bars. Micah's experience is interesting because I guess I just assumed you guys were loving every second and couldn't get enough. But I could see how some of the events would just not be for you. I could see how that would happen. I was over it after the second day. I like the bar. That I agree with the bars and just hanging out and talking was cool. Yeah. Did like Sean... Yeah, he came the second day. What about, yeah, just going for like one or two days? To yeah, people yeah. Do that? yeah. The panels and getting up early, going to the panel, listening to people talk. Like I hear on v every day already. I, don't, I, don't, I had no interest. I'd rather throw dice. 
Just get super faded the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and then bet some random baseball plays. Right. There you go. Uh, of course, you got to do a little bit of betting. Oh, yeah. Tennis was great that week. I'll never forget. <laughs> so what else should we talk about, guys? Oh, I got a question. So how – how much is Embiid worth to the point spread? I mean, I just it's, it baffles me that the Hawks are that bad and they're like almost a favorite against the center. They must be terrible without him. As far as how does that work? Break that down for me. I have Embiid as the third most valuable player to an NBA spread, and I have him around four and a half points. They have no pieces around him at all. I mean, I'm sure they're going to uh, make. Maxie's good, and then Tobias Harris is okay. But, I mean, he's just really good. I have Doncic worth the most because the rest of his team is kind of poo-poo. And I have Jokic worth a little bit more than Embiid. But I think it's mostly because Jokic backup is really bad. But, yeah, he's worth maybe four and a half is high. Maybe it should be closer to four. But, yeah, there's maybe three or four players that are worth around Let's call it four to six points. Well, can you power rate those teams without those three players? What do you mean? So if, if Jokic is not in, if oh, and B is not, uh, who has the best three? What's how how power rate those? I mean, like a guess, right? I mean, you you have a pretty good calculated guess. If Dallas doesn't have Doncic, they're probably one of the worst three teams in the leagues, right? And then uh, they're going to be bottom five for sure. And if Denver doesn't have Jokic, they're probably maybe a playing team, maybe 10th, 9th in the division. And the same thing with Philadelphia. If there's no Embiid, they're going to be way worse than the Cleveland and the Knicks and all those other teams. They'll be, you know, somewhere around 8th or ninth as well. So if Jokic is not playing, is the Hawks a pick them at home versus Denver? Well, when the spreads are made... There's a lot more that goes into it. Travel. How much rest do the teams have? Did they play last night? There's all this other nonsense. But the Hawks at full force at Denver, I think Denver is still the favorite. And, Not and by much. In Atlanta. In Atlanta, Atlanta would be the favorite, in my opinion. Got you. Versus and the, yeah, Atlanta, like Denver at Atlanta, no Jokic. Atlanta is the favorite for sure. Got you. D Mill had a big play on the last night at home versus 76ers without. So you probably had 76ers favorite. I mean, Hawks favorite in your head, I guess. I, well, it said Trey Young probable. Whenever it says probable, from now on, I, I just go, you know what? Lose a half point, make sure this person plays if it's on my team. So I'm going, all right. I lost plus one and I'm pick him now, but he's actually playing. And then the other guy, too, I forgot. So that's why I did that. Because I'm tired of probable, and then it's out, and I'm going, damn, man. <laughs> I took plus three at six, when if you played, it doesn't even move anywhere. You know, that's how I kept seeing it. I perceived it like that. And so, yeah, especially if you're Milwaukee or one of them, it's Milwaukee or 76ers, you see probable, and one of the big guys, and they're always a scratch. But it was selective memory, probably. But I, I felt like they would always be scratches on probable on my bigger bets. And then I thought I was betting into something not really a probable. So it just messed with my head. So I want to see the lineup, and then I bet it. Do you look at the practices from the morning? No. Okay. 
Because usually if they're at shooter round and it says probable, yeah. they're, they're playing. You gave that you gave that tip yeah. before solid. And then I hate to say it, but the Don Best information's gone Bad. down. Bad. It's gone downhill. Really. And then really. the only the only other trick I can tell you guys, if a guy gets upgraded to questionable during the day, he's most likely not playing. Or downgraded to questionable. Downgraded. Like, I don't know, middle of the afternoon, they say there was no news. And then this guy that says this guy's questionable, he's like 90% not to play. Every time I get a probable that's a scratch, though, I just feel awful. I just have a moment where my stomach, I don't know. So I'm just tired of that. What about you? I hate that. And then I just well, figure out that information. Well, there's teams, for instance, a team like the box that you mentioned them. Like, you have to know a little bit the history. Like, Middleton is coming off of an injury that probably should have been two years to recover from. And they're, like, being careful with him. Giannis, they play him so much and he plays so hard that sometimes they like to give him the night off. And the same thing with Lillard. This guy's 33 years old. And it's not like they're, like, Golden State or the Lakers where every game is, like, must win, so they're going to play all their guys. Like, do you notice that LeBron is questionable every time and plays yeah. every time? I mean, you kind of have to understand what the teams are actually. It's like team-by-team team basis. Okay, back to that. Are you actually devastated if you have a Lakers bet and then it says LeBron out? Do you even yeah, care? Of course I would be devastated, but... You know, he's questionable every day, and I think he's missed one game the whole season. So maybe two games the whole season. So it's just, I don't know. But when I'm betting live, if a star, a Twitter tells me that a star is going to the locker room, most of the times I'm going to blindly bet the other team. Okay. Because the time that that guy doesn't come back, it's just worth too much. And worst case scenario, I lost whatever. I lost a three, four percent hold on the bets I made. So you're saying, saying the pricing it like he's probably going to come back in the long run. That's what you're saying. Yeah, like if you bet it yeah. within the next like two or three minutes. Yeah, for sure. Oh, in two or three. Okay, and then once you see that they're ruled out, you you really okay. Because whenever like Twitter, if you're following Twitter, it will tell you the guy went to the locker room. It's going to take. The market to adjust is going to take at least a solid five, six minutes before it adjusts. What percentage of the time do they not even really factor it in on from that Twitter? They they don't even they completely miss it. So are oh, they are they thinking that or are they going, well, he's probably coming back? Which one is it or kind of both? I think most people don't even see it, most traders. That, that but, makes sense why you but, would, but even if they do see it, then they're like, okay. Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? So they just don't do anything. Right. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, your Twitter is like a little... What no, it? man. You have to follow one Twitter account, Underdog Fantasy, and you get it. <laughs> what's what's it called? What's it called? I'm not going to do it, but you were... No, you can do it. It's called Underdog Fantasy Basketball. As yeah, everybody goes... Yeah, I that one. Every time somebody goes to the locker room, it tells you. That's a solid tool. Everyone out there, you're trying to make it definitely. It's not good for your problem, like reading shoot around reports, but 
those are easy to get too. You just type in like a, and search in Twitter the player's name, and you will find the information if if he was actually a shoot around or not. Okay. Yeah, you're giving out strong stuff. Listen strong up, guys. Stuff. Good stuff from Mister Papa and what are these called? He's tweeting out uh, updates on players as we speak. He's, oh, is he? Yeah, underdog underscore NBA. Yeah. And then uh, speaking of Twitter, I want to talk about one more guy just to tell people buyer beware. There's a guy named I kind of hate giving out his name because I don't yeah, like to give it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, all you do don't is do it. it. All you're doing all right. is recognition. There's a famous, somewhat famous poker pro who became full tout, very like Vegas Dave. He's posting videos of him driving around his Rolls Royce with a stack of chips and money and this and that. Guys, if you guys like meet a tout or find a tout on Twitter, I know that Dave is a little bit like a tout. But if not you, really. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was a joke. Who is this guy, though? Like, not, say, well, say, I'm not going to say his name, but I'll give you the link of his Twitter. Know their names anyway. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't know it, so I don't even know why I'm asking. Do you, do you have Twitter up? I do. Yeah. So I just sent you guys the link. Anyways, yeah, click on it. You guys will get watch some videos. You guys will enjoy it. But what I'm trying to tell people is, if there's somebody flashing money, expensive cars, girls, telling you that they made it all by sports betting, please, it's bullshit. The people that make it all in sports betting are idiots like me and Dave who sit in front of a computer screen from 8 in the morning till 10 p.m. And we don't even have a fucking nice car because we never leave our house. Yeah, I don't have, yeah. I'm not- <laughs> and if you're making that much money from sports betting, the last thing you want to do is flash it around because Uncle Sam is going to come knocking on your door. So just be buyer aware, you know, don't buy picks from people who are just flashing their stack of cash and whatever else. But That'd Dave, if you if you want to enjoy some uh, some nice videos, click on that link I sent you. And but what is uh, the, guy, the guy saying? Like you can have all this if you bet my plays, or what is? Yeah, a hundred dollar a play. I am. 10 and 2 in the last week. Usually when somebody tells you they're in 10 and 2 in the last week, it means they're 10 and 3 in their last 13 plays. The guy showed up with $350,000 at Circa and wanted to bet the under at uh He made a video of all of this. He showed up with 350 k at Circa wanted to make, bet the under in the national championship game. Did he make? Because see, if he made the video before the game, then I kind of look at that differently. Like, man, the guy's transparent, Be, showing his bed. Before the game, he went to Circa with three hundred and fifty k, but he knew Circa would not take it. Okay. Right. So Circa only okay. took a twenty k bet, like they normally would, like any sports book would. Okay, so he was kind of like half flexing, and then like, knew, what if they would have taken it? Does that stop the video? <laughs> so then Circa's like, okay, we'll take a twenty k bet. And then say, see, these guys are scared of me too. You know, like that's the type of video it makes. It was the day of the game? Day of the game, yeah. They probably would have took that on a national championship game. Nah, that's way too much, man. No sports book would take that, in my opinion. I'm pretty sure if you wanted to bet 350K on the total of the Super Bowl, 
wouldn't be able to one place. Really? Really? Okay. Yeah, I don't know about that. I th I think well, yeah, in Vegas, maybe not. In the total, on the spread for sure, you would be able to, but not the total. But what if it's the day of the game and it's and you call ahead and ask for permission? They might. Sure, maybe, but because I but, know back in the day, people used to reach out to the Westgate management and want to make crazy bets, crazy amounts, and I think sometimes it was the total and they would take it. But I don't know. Don't quote me. But I, I remember that. Maybe the Super Bowl, but no way in the college football. Like you can't just walk up to the window. You know, you have to have like a meeting real quick with the manager or something. You can't just walk up and go, "Oh, betting number." You can discuss it, and then they they might be open to it. Sure. Well, and how can David and myself bet more on his college basketball overnights? What's the trick there, or is there a trick? No, I guess you. I mean. It's hard college basketball, oh, right? Yeah. Because websites don't take that much. So you just need a lot of accounts, I guess, like the PPH accounts and a bot. You ready to make a bot? Yeah, I wouldn't even know how to do it. Michael would have no idea how to do that. Sorry, but I'm just guessing. I would have <laughs> no idea how to do that. And I don't even know how you know how to do that. No. <laughs> no, we don't. I don't know how to But yeah, no, I mean, college basketball overnights are tough because even the bigger sports books take very little right you will you tell that caesars is gonna say goodbye that's kind of depressing because i had two years where i was betting winning betting overnight they never said hey you're out of here so i don't know well, if well caesar was notoriously at the beginning not cutting any anybody because the only thing they cared about was gaining market share versus FanDuel and DraftKings. So the reason why they were not banning anybody is because they want to go back to their stockholders and say, look at us. We do as much volume as X, Y, and Z. But yeah. that is not going to last forever. They Eventually, these companies have to be profitable. So I'm not saying Caesar was not profitable. But if their goal becomes to become more profitable, then they have to start limiting more or trading better or whatever the case is. Whenever I hear somebody say, like just some random person, right? Whenever I hear somebody go, oh, they cut your limit or they ban you. Of course, your very first question is like, you're you're in your mind going, all right, were you playing the nuts? Were you doing widely available opinion plays? Were you doing props where everything was way? Like you want to know the details because not all limit restrictions are the same, right? That's what I always sure. think. Yeah. So like if you tell me, Oh, Caesars is backing people out or cutting people. Yeah, that's my very first thought. Like, do you have the details of that? Or what was their betting pattern like? Were they, yeah, because it's a big difference between, of course. Like, yeah. I'm not, I don't know the details at all. I just know that there was multiple people that I follow on Twitter and I don't follow them any, that they were all talking about it. So I don't, I'm not really sure what they were betting or not betting. Well, you could almost just from that one person that what he posts kind of develop a read on what he was betting. I mean, I, I think, but you know what he or she was betting. Well, I know it's somebody that bets a lot of NFL and basically a lot of NFL, college football, maybe derivatives, maybe correlated parlays, that type of stuff. Yeah, because that kind of stuff. I did a correlated baseball parlay once at Circa one time. And it was a problem just from one bet. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. 
Real quick, if you don't mind, let's go over real fast here. I know David has two NFL bets, Lions minus the three and Steelers plus ten. All right. The ones I'm not missing I... Any by hand. I mean, uh, David, I'm not missing any. Just those two? Yeah, I would just get my college basketball pick today that got better. That's what I would do. Because I have one that got better out of – I have one that – everything is sitting good except one play out of nine. And then my overnight NBA is at one point – Sitting good, so I would just give my one. But we're not getting this out today, huh? No, it'll probably be tomorrow or the next. It'll be before because everything else is we can't see a line for an NBA game Saturday, really. What, what, uh, yeah, review your NFL plays real quick. The numbers that I bet they're actually they still exist are the exact bets I made are Dolphins plus four and a half and Pittsburgh Bills. Over 35 and a half. Right. I would give out, if I absolutely had to pick one, the, probably the Cowboys minus seven, but it's it's only seven at every Vegas spot. So you can't really count that because most people, like there's a flat seven at Circa, there's one at Red Rock, there's one at South Point, but you really can't count that. So I would do the Dolphins one with him. But I think that one's going to go higher because they're looking like trash. All right, guys. Great episode. Uh, We'll see you back next week. We'll do it again. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to the Avoid the Trap podcast. If you'd like more betting tips or want to learn how you can partner with us, go to our website, www.avoidthetrap.com. Until next time, remember, to the victor belong the spoils.